0: Hello, everyone. This week, I have Matthew DeBara on. If you have an issue with hiring and holding great talent in your companies, you're not going to want to miss this episode. This guy drops nugget after nugget on how to hire and hold the best talent so you can grow your business and how to even possibly outsource that hiring side to make it a lot, a lot less painful. So if that's interesting to you, keep on listening. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you. Someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, and today we have a special guest. His name is Matthew DeBara, and he's the undercover contractor and owner of the Contractor Consultants, LLC. Matt is dedicated to helping contractors make better decisions. And that's why he's here today. to To We're going to ask him some of business's most challenging questions, and I have a feeling he's going to have some really amazing answers now. He has been the owner of DeBara Masonry, poured his first a bag of concrete at the age of nine. I bet that was fun. And uh, it's, since then, he's uh, he's been on over forty five hundred appointments. and Knows exactly what to expect when working as a contractor. Uh, Debar Masonry is a fourth generation uh, company and uh, has placed. He he actually placed second at the age of eighteen um, in a bricklaying competition uh, from around the country. So he's he knows what he's doing. He's been doing this a long time. He has a family lineage. That's why I wanted to have him here on the show. And uh, so. Without any further ado, Matthew DeBarra, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So Matthew, tell us a little bit about, first of all, age of nine, was it, did you actually pouring something with the concrete or were you just kind of playing around with the concrete? Like what were you doing at age nine with concrete?
1: Well, my great grandfathers came here from, from Italy. And so we had that kind of that new to America work mentality that got passed down to my grandfather and then my dad. So you know, if he could have had me working at three, he would have, but my mom yeah. was the, the stopgap. So uh, I started working when I was nine. True story. Uh, my first job was picking up trash. I showed up all excited and he's like, I got something for you. Handed me a big trash bag, taller than me. He's like, go pick up everything. So I did. And then he's like, no, no, the whole job site, not just us, the electricians, carpenters, plumbers. So, I mean, I started kind of literally at the bottom and, and spent a lot of time in this industry and, and have a, have a love for it to say the least.
0: I love that. I love it. So you did not answer my question directly. What did you make with your first bag of concrete when it says you poured your Ooh. first bag?
1: Yeah, I poured it. We were pouring a sidewalk. We were pouring a, a small sidewalk actually. And I had to do a shovel count because I was too small to lift it. So my dad, yeah. I was yeah. like, dad, I can't lift this. He's like, no, no, I figured this out. He opened a knife, cut it in half. He's like five is half bag, 10 is full. He's like, you'll be all right, kid. And he walked away. And I was like, <laughs> I was like this, is, this is construction. Cool. This will be a good ride.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it, dude. And, um, now, where did you grow up? And uh, you know, I know you were in the concrete business since you were young, but what did that look like for you? What was, what was childhood like?
1: Uh, childhood was a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I grew up outside of Boston and I love what my dad did. You know, you come home and it was, we he, at the time we were doing a lot of residential and some commercial work, a little bit of government work. And I just, I loved seeing what he was doing and, and I got the chance to work with him all the time, you know, nights, weekends, summers, and then obviously during school and then after school. Um, or, or during college, I worked for him, uh, an intern and whatnot. So, so that was really fun. I was just constantly working with him and growing the business and
0: really enjoyed that part. So tell us about how old that company is. He says, you know, many generations. So how old is it?
1: So my, my great grandfathers came here from Italy, uh, and we've been doing masonry and concrete in the family for 103 years. now. it's about 103 and a half years.
0: Yeah. That's crazy, dude. That That is one long legacy, which I'm sure you're very proud of. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, had to had to earn it, but yeah. And I'm for sure a sure. lot's
0: changed over those times. You know, imagine what is it, 1920, it'd be 1920, right? <laughs> to 2023 now. That's that's quite a big spread of time and just the evolution of humanity and how that's changed. But at least concrete's been a pretty standard thing throughout, huh?
1: Yeah, but not unfortunately, I think the construction industry is ripe for disruption. I think we're gonna go through another another phase of that. But what's nice is there's so much there's so much we can glean from that older generation too. Like I was laying brick at 11 years old with people in their sixties and seventies. My dad had a guy, he called him the old timer. He like, you're going to learn from the old timer. His name was Joe. And, uh, and it was nice because I got to learn what the work ethic, the respect, and also the, the, the values and the integrity and the pride in the work. So there's a lot, I think that could still be gleaned from what they did and did well. And then we can, if we modernize that, meaning we pull in some of the things we're doing today, But I see what some people do is they pull an egg, right? Or they, they grab an egg from the modern basket and they drop an old school egg. And it's like, well, the, the blend, the beauty that I found, and we talked about the legacy business is by picking and choosing what worked then, what works now. And how do we meld those two things together?
0: I love that. I love it, dude. And, And, um, so today, the main focus of this, this conversation is going to be about team building, right? Before we turned on this podcast, we started talking about how you fixed a major problem in your business back in 2018. And I'd love to hear more about how you now have a waiting list for people to work for you. I know a lot of listeners out there struggle to find good, solid team players are going to last. And I'd love to hear how you guys are doing that, how you solve that problem and what kind of nuggets you could drop on our listeners that they could solve that problem for themselves. So Matthew, go for it.
1: Yeah. Painful, painful. Uh, <laughs> here. But yeah, what, what happened was um, I would say right around 2018, I was at the pinnacle of, of my career. So at, at the same time that all this is happening, business is booming. I'm working on, I was doing two celebrity homes. I was doing commercial work and I had two government crews. We we're doing a huge job on a cemetery prevailing wage with the veterans association overseeing it. So I'm at the like height of my career. I'm like, this is what my great grandfathers wanted when they came over on this boat was what we're doing right now how old were you and i was uh this would have been 3 uh 5 years ago i was probably 25 26 wow that's impressive 26 yeah sweet yeah. Uh, and i was like this is this is what we wanted we made it yeah. and i ignored one small thing i well, which turned out to be a big thing and that was the the message from my team regarding our our struggles to continue to hire when we basically had it where you'd post an ad on indeed or craigslist and very easily you'd have people or i'd go to the suppliers that we knew and be like hey who's coming in asking for work couldn't find anybody And my team would keep bringing this up. They'd be like, Hey Matt, we've, you know, we keep selling this work and I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm like, this person referred us to that. We're selling big contracts. We're feeling great. Uh, I was very sales focused at the time. I was a sales junkie. And I I really, and I think sales is extremely important, but I was too one-sided. It was out of balance. So my team uh, brought me into this meeting and they're like, Matt, we have to, you know, we have to talk about, this. this is a big problem. So I had somebody show up late for the third time. It was a foreman. I'm like, well, this is the handbook. This is what we need to do. You know, we have to let them go. And they're like, well, I just want to show you what's going to happen if we do that. So they pulled this like whiteboard over and put it up on the wall. They had already filled it out. And it was nearly $700,000 that I was going to lose in the next few weeks. It was Hmm. jobs that were canceling all the names because we just kept saying, we'll get there next week. We'll get there next week. It was all the cost overruns because we couldn't put enough people on jobs. And uh, I left that meeting being like, wow, I'm I'm going to be the generation to mess this entire thing up. Right. And so drove do you feel, home. Do felt- you feel
0: pressure as, as, you know, fourth generation to keep this legacy moving forward? How does that feel?
1: It, it, a lot. I mean, well, my dad was good growing up in the sense mm-hmm. that he didn't pressure me at a young age. He's like, look, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer. I don't care, play football, but learn the business. And then as I got older, especially when I said, you know, hand me the keys, I'm going to drive. That part was, was where the pressure kicked in. And and this was obviously, you know, this was the pinnacle of that because I was like, look at all the good things we're doing. Look at what I've done. And then it's like, you know, I see the storm coming and I'm like, <laughs> well, actually, maybe, you know, maybe this wasn't all me. Maybe you did some of this. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, so it all, it all kind of came to a, to a boiling head. And it was at that moment that Cause I, I walked into my company the next day. I go into our yard. Yard's messy. Trucks aren't clean. I'm like, what happened to this company? Like, what happened to like what my great grandfather's taught me about treating every customer like they're your neighbors? What happened to like being a kid and you know, my we used to grab the parents uh, and the and the families when we'd pour big concrete jobs and you know we'd be like, hey, you know, put your handprints here. Like my dad would make me trowel the concrete again and be like, make sure that section's wet. I want I want to make sure they get their hand like. That's how I grew up in this industry. And so to to see it like become so just meaningless to to some of the team that I had and where I was at killed me. And I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to figure this out. And that was really the, the impetus for, going on this two-year journey of just spending as much. I called my true story. I called my CPA. I was like, look, I don't know cash flow. I'm still kind of getting this whole thing figured out. What's the most amount of money I can spend without tanking this deal? And <laughs> she told me, and I put, moved it into a separate account. And I just started buying books and seminars and consultants and reading. And we were, at one time, this is no joke. I probably had 56 recruiters working on this. I was hiring three recruiters onboarding every single week. I had a team of VAs. I had four or five VAs, full-time virtual assistants. And I was like, every time we don't make a hire, we're going to onboard three more VAs. Like every week they thought I was crazy. So I was like, no, no, I'm serious. I was, cause like, I'm not the kind of guy to get upset or like, but I'm like, I wanted a a clear goal. And they were like, well, we didn't get anybody. I'm like, all right, three more. They're like, you're serious. I'm like, oh, dead serious. And so we literally did that for months and I just couldn't. And then I started to realize patterns and trends. Oh, if you post here, if you do that, if this works. So I had set out to find the golden road. I wanted to find point A to Z, like what's the system. And I couldn't find that, but I found little things that worked, and I was able to put them all together. And the difficult part was like, it almost felt like uh, it was very challenging because as soon as you figure something out, like for example, like we the system is is clear understanding, so clearly define you know what you need, then find, vet, hire, and and retain. Like that's that's what everyone's trying to do those five steps. But the problem is is that they're all it's like baking a cake. If you have one little thing out of whack, if you put it in the oven, same temperature, everything, but you leave it in for three minutes longer, you burn the cake. Or you put a little bit too much water, cake doesn't turn out right. So that was the hardest part. Like, I remember I broke through the finding portion. I figured out ways. I think we had 37 different ways we found to find candidates. When they were all working, I was still interviewing the traditional way and I was getting crushed. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do 30 minute, 40 minute, you know, one hour interviews times 60 candidates a week. This is insane. 80 candidates a week that are all qualified yeah. and vetted. So we had to build this entire system that was like it all had to ebb and flow. So that was really kind of where it came from and how it came about.
0: That's that's sounds very interesting. I love how you just go all in, man. You just you roll up your sleeves and get it done. I love that. Yeah. Um, now, so when you're getting into that, like, okay, we got to hire, we got an issue, we got, to, we got to take care of that. Take us through those five steps you mentioned and how you simplified them and, and how your process, the things you discovered along that journey could help our listeners do the same thing.
1: Yeah. So they all came out of mistakes that I had made, right? Like that was where the system came from. Like, I remember the hiring section to give like a specific example. Like, so I I had the clear understanding part. I'm like, okay, I'm crystal clear on who we need. I'm not hiring for unicorns and I'll define what that means. But, uh, so I got all that part down. And then I remember I I had this dream hire that I wanted and I I gave him the offer letter. I sent it via email, chopped the offer letter, never hired him happened to the next person and the next person. They just were getting big raises at the companies they were at. And so I ended up figuring out a way where you could have them come to your office, present the offer letter in person, shake their hand. And then at the end of it, say, is there any reason you might change your mind and look them right in the eye mm-hmm. and you could actually handle those objections right there. Yeah. And I, and yeah. at that point, I never lost another, another, never lost another offer letter because I changed the approach in the way I was doing that. I never lost a hire to uh, uh, shopping it out. Cause when they t- give their two weeks notice, the boss, especially if they've been there 15 years, 20 years, they go, whoa, wait a minute, whoa, hold on. How much do they pay you? All right, we'll match it. And then they, you know, it's it's so easy to stay where you're at. So all of this stuff, that's like a very tangible example of like, I had something working, we were to a point, it was a roadblock, and then we fixed it by changing the approach. So if you're hiring somebody, bring them, typically what you want to do is bring them to your office when you have that offer letter, talk to them, and work. it's a sale at that point. You want to work through the objections. And yep. what's worked best is for us is one of those things is is, all right, so everything sound good? You have any questions? No? All right, perfect. And you look them dead in the eye and you say, is there any reason you might change your mind? Do I have your commitment? And you just, and that like pouring objections. Well, I, I got to talk to my, all right, well, let's, let's talk about this. I don't want to send you off with this offer letter if it's not the right thing. So that's just one specific example. But um, do you want to start kind of at the beginning or do you have a, a preference of how you want to kind of work through the system or?
0: Yeah. So actually I actually have a question directly on that. So if I hear you right and tell me if I do, you were approaching this situation where you had people coming in, and offer them offer letters and they were disappearing because they were going back to their old bosses and saying, oh, they're offering me a hundred thousand. What can you do? Right. Because there was no face to face, soul to soul um, commitment happening. Right. So you had changed your approach and you said same exact system, but we're going to have them come into the office, look them dead in the soul and ask them if there's anything and then manages objections right in the office. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, well, and it and it came in two stages. So the first was I was doing like emails. I was like, oh, he said he or she said they're good. Great. Email it. Boom. Because I'm excited. I'm like, oh, we got our person, right? They shop it. They ghost us for a week or two. This isn't good. Um, then I brought bring them in and it was like a light close. It was like, okay, great. So this sounds good. You good? Yeah. yeah I'll be back to you in, in a day. Perfect. Still wasn't working. I'm like, all right, if this were the biggest sale of my life, what would I do? Well, I would ask, I would, I would make sure there's no objections, right? I would clear out more time in my calendar. I wouldn't be rushed to have this meeting. And so I just did it in, in my mind as if it was the biggest sale I'd ever made in business. And, and I remember doing that on a huge project. It was a commercial bank project. I met the CEO and he shook my hand and uh, I was probably like 23 at the time. My dad was, I remember, cause he made a big thing about it, but I shook his hand and I said, do we have your commitment to move forward with this project? And he's like, yeah. And he paused for a minute and I said, is there any reason you might change your mind? And he says, can I talk to you for a minute? And he pulled me aside and I handled his objection and we closed this multi seven figure contract. Yeah. And so I remember wow. doing that and I'm like, well, let me, it worked on the CEO of this bank. Let me try it here. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, is there any reason you might change your mind, any at all? Or do I have your full commitment? Well, as soon as they said, well, I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about it. I'd put the offer letter aside, we chat. And that was like tearing down those invisible walls. I love it. Um, <laughs> and we were able to kind of come up with that. That's And this is just one of like, you know, hundreds of, of little examples that we can cover.
0: No, but it's a great, it's great piece. Cause just like you said, in the same tonality, you said when he's like, yeah, or, you know, there's, it's not like a yes. That's one thing, right? If it's not a yes, no objections, let's move forward. But it's a, yeah, that's a false. Yes. Guys listening out there and girls listening out there. That's BS. That's them not trying to have you in some kind of a confrontation with them. So to Matthew's point, when you're getting in there and you say, all right, so is there anything that would stop you from moving forward or anything like that? Then you, you open up to those objections flowing. And if you can conquer them now, Face to face like this, how powerful is that, Matt?
1: Well, it's extreme. And and here's the thing this is what I didn't realize at the time. It's such a big commitment. Like, I forgot because I grew up in a family business. I forgot what it's like, to, you know, to, or I didn't, I wasn't putting myself in their shoes enough. And that was the other piece. Yeah, when I really yeah. put myself in, in their shoes and I said, okay, I have a wife, I have a kid, you know, I have four kids, let's say in this instance. I've been working at a company 15 years. My, my wife is like, yeah, you'd be happier here and you make more money, but what if? Right. And you're looking at your, you know, your your family. So I try I got better at at understanding like where are they at and and how can I make them feel comfortable? We spent more time showing them and meeting the team. We we actually front loaded some of the things that works, which we'll talk about like is like a career video and how important that is and what you can do with that. But what the more I put myself in the candidate's shoes, the better things got all the way around.
0: I love that, dude. I love it. And you're absolutely right. It's perspective of prospect. Flip it yep. and next thing you know, you start to see the whole world. So if you're only seeing it, you know, guys out there, girls out there listening, if you're only looking at it through your eyes and your filter, then you're missing a gigantic opportunity. Because when you flip, and as Matt's talking about, and you flip around in his case was from the new hires, putting yourself in their perspective, looking life through their lenses and the things that they may have as, as objections, all of a sudden you start seeing a whole different picture and then you can help them make a good decision. Maybe it is to work with you or maybe it's not. That's okay. Okay. Both are good. It's just a matter of making sure you have that commitment. And to, to see that, I always like to say every coin has three sides, not just two, right? Because if you look at a coin, you get heads and tails, and then you look at it sideways, there's still a band that goes around it. And that's understanding both perspectives of it, right? So always thinking of what perspective are you looking through life? What lens are you looking through it? So I love that, dude. So we have the hiring side. Okay, so we have that nailed down. What is the next step?
1: Well, uh, so... I mean, I guess we'd we'd start so clear understanding is where it starts. So and what I mean by that is we have to optimize before we maximize. So I used to, I am self-proclaimed, I used to hire, look to hire unicorns. So I'll give you an example in the estimating department, because it was more efficient, a little bit more efficient for us. I used to say, all right, if you're going to be an estimator at my company, you have to know how to estimate brick, block, stone, tile, stucco, concrete, waterproofing. Well, 20 years ago, that was easy. That was common. It was like the masonry hardscaping envelope all came as one. People were in the business. Now things have changed. So you know we used to dismiss candidates because they didn't have all these skills. Then I finally drilled it down. I'm like, okay, could I make, could I hire two people and have one do say brick block stone and one do stucco waterproofing? And could, is there a way to package this where I could get more narrow? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I'd have to do this and this. It's like, well, you want to trim down the the job roles to like the essential functions that you need. And in this market, I always say high pay has to equal high skills. So do a job audit. What this looks like is take every single person in your company and track. I'm telling you, this is a boring exercise. I know it, but it works. Track what they do on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. I do this every quarter. I will go through this entire exercise because what I found in most company, almost every client we have that we work with has this issue the project manager is dropping off you know, samples to the job site, or the office manager is running out to staples when they run out of ink, or there's some inefficiencies somewhere where you're like, okay, does this person's salary match this task? And when you can pull those out and put them in a peripheral role, what you end up with is more bandwidth in these very hard to find roles. And so we really want to get clear on who we need. So are we hiring a unicorn? Yes, no, right? Unicorn meaning they have to have all these things that we want versus this is what they need. And then second to that, have we optimized our company for high pay equals high skill, knowing that we're climbing a big mountain here, meaning hiring in this labor market. That's the first critical step.
0: I love that uh, that breakdown because you're so right. I know so many you know owners that are like, look, they're probably the highest paid in their company and they're out get, going to the garden center, getting plants, going to Lowe's and Home Depot to get stuff. And you're like, oh, good, I can get a break from the job. I can go do this. Great. I can actually grab lunch or talk to the wife or whatever. And it's like, wait a minute here what is this? You know what I mean? If you want to do that, you need to hire somebody to do those things, except for the wife, of course. Uh, But you have to hire somebody to do those things, do all that running. Because if you're the most, uh, you know, highest paid person on your team and you're screwing around at Lowe's or Home Depot, you can hire somebody for 10 or 15 bucks an hour to do that. You don't have to be spending your time to do that. So that's, that's an important piece is knowing where you are getting in your lane and knowing that you're not pissing your time away doing things because they're easy or no one else will do them. Um, So I love your idea of having that audit and watching and seeing what everybody is doing and then taking notes of that from that peripheral view, as you called it. So you can see, wait a minute here. All right. So that's three times this month. Uh, Sam went to to Lowe's. It took him two hours round trip each. That's six hours lost at $100 an hour at $600 to go to Lowe's. You know, they could be managing a project in that time. We could have just pulled in a hundred grand, whatever. You know what I mean? So I love that idea of constantly watching. And so tell me a little bit about your audit process. I know you said it's boring, but uh, tell me a little bit, a, a little well, bit deeper about it.
1: Yeah. So basically it's, it's, we usually will have the person who's in the role do that. And it, it's really nice. There's so many hidden benefits for it, but so name of person and then every day. So usually break the day up in the morning, right? What are some of the things they know they need to get done midday? They'll, they'll fill it out again and end of day. And we'll usually do this for a week. Or if you're really trying to drill down on something, it's hard to kind of figure out. Cause it's like project manager, he's doing this project, but next week it's different. Then we might do it over the time span of a month. Um, and what you'll find is, uh, you can optimize for high pay equals high skill, you can optimize for efficiencies. You can say, well, wait a minute. You're like, for example, one of our clients, we found that they were like billing and invoicing every single day. And we're like, all right, well, could you do this three times a week? Well, yeah, I can do that. Okay. Wow. Interesting. So we can save you those two hours because really to send those extra two invoices or half the time, there's not even, there's only one, like why not condense that? So you get to start to compartmentalize the functions of the role. Um, you get to optimize for high pay equals high skill and you get to spot promotions and raises. It's very Mm -hmm. interesting. So we started, you know, this was really, it it actually be this, this tool, which is like the first step kind of in the back end, becomes a retention tool because you look at this and you go, wow. I mean, I've had people in my own construction, you know, Debar Masonry that I'll look at and I'll go, you, you did all this today. Like, yeah, this is every day. I'm like, you're kidding. Yeah. I'm wow. We, and I'll, I'll look, Oh, their reviews and their, their employee reviews in two, two months. Yeah, that's going to be scheduled this Friday. We're going to handle this in a good way. You know, this is going to get properly, yeah, yeah, they're, they're yeah. properly going to be rewarded for what they're doing. So, because in companies, there's so many moving parts and everything shifts so quickly. You don't always get to notice, especially when you have a players, A players yeah. don't complain. They just do it. They're like, great, I'll get it done. So it's a really, really fruitful exercise.
0: I love that, dude. I love it. That's such a good insight right there, guys listening. I mean, if you do that and do that audit, it might sound crazy, but it sounds like your your team members are doing the fill out, right? They're just kind of tracking what they're doing throughout the day so you can spot things that don't need to be on their list and then find somebody to, to collect those and get them back in their role. And they can be often, very often distractions, which it's not just the time they're doing the thing, it's the planning of the thing too that they have to do. And then all of a sudden there's time lost there too. So it's all about efficiency at the end of the day, guys. So what's the next step moving down the... Uh,
1: so so now that I'm super clear on who I need and I'm not I don't have my want list, I have my need list, then I go into the finding phase, right? Which is I'm I'm launching all these different methods to find candidates. Um I'll give one tangible one that I think everyone listening will appreciate. So if you're looking for, and we've tested this with so many clients, um, if you're looking for those gainfully employed, skilled, hands-on workers, um, typically hands-on slash some managerial, so they're trusted with a company truck one thing you can do is you can go to your suppliers. So, you know, whether that's a nursery, landscape supplier, the big box stores like a Home Depot or Lowe's won't do this, but every every other chain, use, or every other um, outlet usually will. And you approach them and you say, hey look, here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to sponsor coffee and donuts at your busiest three hours every morning, no catch. Just coffee and donuts, I wanna give it away, really. And this is great if you have a good relationship and buying power. Okay, wow. And what's the catch? Well, the only thing I want to do is I want to put a small little card on there that just says we're hiring. We've seen, I mean, it's this has worked in 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 every state that we have clients. This is across the board. And what this does is it gets you in front of candidates that are already working. They're gainfully employed, and and we've seen it it's so funny. You'll catch you'll catch you know Mark, and Mark had a bad morning. He was two minutes late. He got yelled at by his boss. It's like, you know, and he was late because his wife was in labor, like, you know, crazy stuff. Right. And then and then they're they're waiting for the forklift or whatever to load the truck. And they go, oh, wow. Coffee and donuts. Interesting. They look down and they see this card, you know, hiring top pay. So we'll talk about what needs to be on the card because it has to be eye catching, Um, you know, pay starting at X. Wow, that's two dollars an hour more than my than I make. Wow, I'm gonna take this. And they have QR code that you know you can scan with your phone to pull up your career video, which we'll get into. But um, that's one way to get in front of these people that are that are actively working. They're actively working. They have a company truck. They're trusted, um, and 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 it actually builds a stronger relationship with your suppliers too. I mean, we've done this. You know, we do that. I personally still do this.
0: Dude, I think this is freaking brilliant because everybody likes coffee and donuts right and you're just uh, being the the instigator of that and, and asking a question and if you do it over and over again it's a good chance that uh, somebody's gonna have a bad day and be like all right wow it's pretty cool so walk us through all right so walk us through what has to be on this card how this looks you say coffee and donuts is pretty self-explanatory best three hours of the day the most busy so what's on this card that gets them excited
1: so it's a recruiting card so uh, you you want to this comes from an exercise kind of earlier on in the, in the process, it's called leveraging the gaps. So one of the coolest things we can do as contractors is we can leverage the gaps in our marketplace. Meaning, for example, uh, we, we gotta come up with better ways to attract talent and it's not always money. Money helps, but so for example, we have a, a, a demolition contractor that we work with and he offers professional massages once a week. Cost them like 40 bucks per employee. But I mean, the, the, the benefit that they get Physically, in terms of injuries, workers' comp rates are going down, right? Employee morale is going up, and their families feel good. You know, their 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 wives, husbands feel good because they're like, wow, your company really values you. They Like, oh no, I got company massage on Wednesdays, you know. So <laughs> coming up with ways, coming up with ways that you can uh, so it's like four 10-hour days is one, company massage is another. If it's like real backbreaking, you know, hands-on work, you bent over all day planting. You know, maybe every two weeks you just you, you know you, you sponsor something like that. It's these little incentives that when you're reading through the job description, you go, "Wow, interesting! I'm never going to travel more than 20 miles." Or, "Wow, that's a really good per diem if I am going to travel." It's figuring out what you can do, and the way to do this is find the bigger cities near you. Right? If you don't live in a big big city, find the big cities, research companies that are in your same vertical or even not. Spend an hour, and you'll you'll notice the companies with endless budgets some of what they're doing. You know, somebody who has a hundred or 200 employees, what are they doing to attract people? And you'll find these little nuggets and you don't even have to be the first one to do it. You just have to be the first to do it in your area. If you're offering four, 10 hour days in your area and you're the first to do it, you've struck hiring gold.
0: Yep. Yep. Dude, I freaking love this. This is so good. So coffee and donuts, four day work weeks. You mentioned about a career video and, um, you know, so first of all, let's go back to the card. You said it's the recruiter card. What kind of language should be on that card? Just rough language down and dirty.
1: Yeah. So, so card, uh, one side usually has QR code, um, depending on who you're hiring, right? Sometimes a QR code, like if it's like a, a general labor position, sometimes scanning, they may not. So you want to think about your candidate and, you know, do they have a cell phone? Are they tech savvy? But having the QR code we're hiring bulleted three or four benefits on either side, on the back side, maybe a few bullet points about the company. It's just a card to get them. The end goal of this card is to either get them to call you or to basically go on the website and uh and check out the job description uh and career video more that's all you're trying to do you know, they're not gonna you know they're not gonna start working for you based on this card right, right. you're just trying to get them to that next logical step
0: mm-hmm. i love that so then you mentioned career video tell me about where that lives and what that's supposed to look like
1: career video is such a powerful tool if you're listening and you don't have a career video so what this is 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 basically and you'll you'll see how it ties into kind of the the retention tool too um so, a career video is basically a short video. It can be anywhere from a minute to two and a half minutes, 90 seconds to two minutes is a sweet spot. And what it does is it highlights your company. So, we've all of us, any of you listening right now are super unique in your business, right? You're probably really likable. If you weren't, you never would have been in business because typically you started as a salesperson. right? So you have some traits. If you're not likable or unique, no one would work for you no one would buy for you. So I'm telling you now, if you're listening, you're unique, you have a lot to offer. So what the career video does is it showcases who you are, what you do, Your, and the best part is you usually will have your existing employees. You'll have them do short little interviews and you'll cut those in snippets. Mm -hmm. And it's basically an advertisement for why work for you. So the goal is to watch this video and say, would I work for this company? Wow. Look at their trucks. Look at their office. Wow. The owner seems so nice wow, they do this fun thing every month. They have this thing or, oh, listen to the person who's been there 28 years talk about how much they you know love working here and how they, you know, all the special things that they get and do and why they love it. So it's not you bragging as the owner being like, this is the best company ever. It's your team saying, hey, this is why yeah. I've chose yeah. to dedicate 10 years of my life to this organization. It's really, really powerful.
0: And it makes such a difference on where it's coming from to your point just a moment ago. If you are the owner sitting there like, crap, I gotta get in front of this camera and I gotta talk and I gotta tell everybody how amazing I am. I don't know if I believe that or to be true. And I'm really struggling right now. And you do all that. It's going to come through the video, right? So it's not going to be a much of a benefit. But when you go to your team, the ones that keep showing up day after day, the loyalists to the, to the cause, and they start talking about how much they've enjoyed working with you, how much they love serving the clients. And they can do most of the work for you for this video. Right. And that's the cool part because if you, as the owner, are just kind of standing there and everyone's talking around you, there's so much more authenticity to that than if you were to be there trying to convince everybody that this is the best thing to do. So I love that angle, that, that switch of angle and having those interviews built in there. So, how do people get videos like this? Where, how did you have one made up? Like, if I'm just a, you know, a, a, a contractor, rather, trying to figure this out, like, where do I even go to get one of these made?
1: So I'll put information at the end. We can, I mean, we do this. We can do Zoom or studio, but um, you, you, it's true. We can we can help refer if anybody's interesting. We can try and find a local company for you. You you need the the tricky part is, and I early on when I was trying to figure this out, we had issues because it's it's you have to understand they have to understand the format. Like this isn't a movie but it's also not an advertisement. And so it kind of falls in between these two cracks where it's not, you know, yeah. it's not this long yeah. form, like eight minute thing. And so when we went to hire people, some people wanted to make it like a movie. They're like, let's show this, let's add this, let's go to some job sites. And we're like, this yeah. is not a movie. Yeah. Like the attention yeah. span yeah. isn't there. And then we, we hired other companies and they're like, oh, this is like an ad. So like, we want you like punch it through a two by four at the beginning and be like, come <laughs> work for us. And then it like cuts to the team. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not that either. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is meant to be a professional yet, uh, 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 relatable video. So you want to be very authentic. And so it's, it's unfortunate. It's a little harder than that to find it, but we can, we have some examples and stuff we can probably get to that. That'll give a good, like North star for what, what a good career video looks like.
0: Awesome. And we're not wrapping up yet, but if someone wants to see an example, do you have a place they can go to see that stuff?
1: Yeah, we have it on. Uh, so if they reach out to us or go to the website, the contractor consultants, plural, we can get you some of the videos. Um, we can get you some, one of those that'll like give you an idea of what you can at least give them an example and say, Hey, I want it to be like this. You don't end Got up it. with a movie or an advertisement where you're punching through a door.
0: Yeah, exactly. So one <laughs> more time, that website.
1: Uh, the contractor consultants, com.
0: Perfect got it perfect yeah. no, that sounds good so guys go out and take a look you know these videos video is so powerful the nice part is you build it once and it can work a million times and as you adjust and grow in your business you can adjust and grow that piece too that's the cool part about it but uh that video can make a huge impact so all right so we have the career video we've done the the um uh the coffee and donuts we've starting attracting a talent where's, where's our next move here in your system
1: well, if you've if you followed the hiring step there and you've got the the good commitment, then hopefully they've decided to come work for you. Um, you know, one thing to to also another powerful tool is uh it's called geofencing. So this is on the finding side of things. Um, putting the invisible fence, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is like running Facebook ads, but you can geofence your competitors. You can geofence your suppliers so that anybody walking in there, if they're on their phones, you know, browsing the web, they'll see targeted ads. So that's just something, if if it's a tool that you're not familiar with, do some research, start, start figuring out where this is and how this might fit in. It's more of an advanced tool, but it's definitely something that if you're not targeting it, you want to be, it's a powerful one. Um, but, but in terms on of the G, on okay, the sure.
0: geofencing side i wanted to hop in there i was having a conversation with a, a marketing um, guy he was just he has all kinds of crazy ideas right and this geofencing came up and i understand it's basically you're you're creating a, an invisible fence around something and then your ads basically get dumped into that area let's just say it like this he said look if you don't want to do you know big um, either home shows or you don't want to do big Uh, Events, right? You don't want to actually go there and stand there and wait in a booth and pay for it and man that thing and set it up and tear it down and all this kind of stuff. He goes, Here's how you do it. He says, You put a geofence around that building and just for the days of that event, and then you just pump tons of ad spend right there, right? And the craziest part, he goes, We've done this over and over again. Craziest part is People will still call and say, we saw you at the home show, we saw you at the event, That we saw you at the conference, and you were never at the conference, but when they open their phone up to check Facebook, it pops up, and they're like, oh, and they, they associate the fact they saw you at that show with the fact that you were there, quote unquote, air quotes here, right? But you weren't there, you were sitting in your office and Facebook was doing the work for you. And I'm like, that is absolutely freaking brilliant because they, they don't know association. They're going there with a certain mission. They find you on their phone versus in front of them in, in a big booth. Think how much ad spend you save by not having to set up that entire structure. And then you can just sit back and be like, yeah, we were there, <laughs> right? And it makes no difference because they're looking for what you have. Obviously you want to be talking to clients that do, but that geofencing concept is just fascinating that you can do that now.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 it's. I mean, I wh- that that came about because I was we were doing a brainstorming session. Funny little tangent here. We we're doing a brainstorming session. And I'm like, what if we like what if we find an undercover way to like hand out flyers at our competitors? Like maybe we windshield tag them or something like not happy question mark. Like, yeah. you know, call this stuff. Like I was trying to find some way. And my, when we are in this session, we were building out like the course and whatnot. They're like, there's gotta be a better way. Like, or this was early on when I was trying to solve the problems um, that led to the course. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way. So I was talking to a marketing person and I was like, Hey, I want to like hand out flyers at my competitor. I'm so frustrated. Cause I know they're in there. And he's like, well, you don't want to do that. He's like, but this geofencing, that's how I found out about it. Like five, six years ago, I was telling him a crazy idea that I had. And he's like, it's not that crazy. It's just digitized. Like, here's the digital version of it.
0: It's crazy. So if listeners out there talk to your marketing companies, see if they know how to geofence. And if you have home shows in your area and you're like, I don't want to set up and do all the expense and man the stand and all that kind of stuff, put a geofence around it and just pump ad spend in there, maybe even like a quarter or half of what you would normally put in or all of it put it in there and just see what happens. You might be really surprised. I know I've heard people that have very high success with this and uh, you know, they never have to leave their office. They don't have to set anything up. They don't have to worry about if they have a bad crowd, they just pull back on their ad spend for the day. Like it's, if it snows or whatever, you're not stuck with that. So just another option, or if you want to get even crazier, you could probably do both set up and geo um, you know, geo uh, fence that whole area. Um, so anyway, it's, Technology is incredible. Keep on the edge of it because that'll save you tons of money and tons of time. I love this, Matt. So what else you got?
1: Well, I mean, I guess just a couple couple nuggets on on keeping keeping your team motivated. Um, I mean, there's two two big parts to it. One is um, one is is making sure people don't leave. I always ask the question, I'm like, if you kept every single person that's ever worked for you in your business, would you have a hiring problem right now?
0: Yeah, the answer is right. everyone
1: smiles and they're like, uh, probably not. I'm like, okay, so retention is important, really important. So, and obviously that's, that's a, you know, metaphorical question, but, but uh, it gives us the idea of how important retention is. So making sure people don't leave. And then the concept of maximizing the output of our team, we focus so much on, I don't have enough that we're not looking at, well, you know, is Joe putting 60% out when they could be putting hundred percent. So, you know, some ways to do that, it really is the foundation is proper communication. So, we created this uh, this this technology, but you can mirror it uh, on your own. It's it's called an honest employee audit, and what we do is you know once a month or once every depending on your your team and how big they are and what you do. Once every few months, you can audit your team. So get everyone together, have them fill out this uh, basically assessment. It's a one to ten scale. We've got a design where there's certain questions like, you know, you know, how manageable are, are my, you know, how realistic are my work expectations and timelines? You know, do I feel does management reward me for my hard work? You know, do I feel that my pay is fair and equitable? So it's it's hitting all the key areas of whatever department you're doing this in. If it's, you know, field related, it's, you know, do I feel valued? Am I, you know, are the expectations, am I given the tools and equipment that I need? And you're doing it on a one to 10 scale. So you can see, and this never ceases to amaze me because we get these back. And even clients that are so confident in their team, they're like, my team loves me. There's always areas where they might average a three, three scale mm. out of 10, you know, if it's in pay and they're like, wow, my, I, they've never told me. And it's like, well, cause you know, especially in construction, we're not always, we're not always taught to, we're going to knock on the, you know, the boss's door and be like, Hey, you know, we only do that when we're sick of it, when we're fed up. But when we're really, really annoyed, when it's that rock in your shoe and you just hate it, but you're not like furious about it, um, it bottles up. And so this is just one way to get that communication flowing. So you can start to see where do I need to get better or improve? And especially if it's across the board, we've seen it with 15 people, 20, a hundred you know, consistent areas where you're like, wow, I'm clearly on the pay side. I got to look at this, like something, something's off.
0: I love that, dude, because so often, especially as owners and as leaders, we ignore or just don't see, we have blind spots, right? And putting out those audits each month or each quarter or whatever your, your cadence would be to get feedback directly from your team. Imagine how powerful that would be because if you have a lot of open You know ended questions and they are you know people like i don't want to sit here and write a book like i don't really like writing that's not my thing but if you do like a zero to ten ten being amazing zero being like you suck you know what i mean and just fill out what this looks like and to your point and then just watch the, the the average and you start seeing well wait a minute here i guess that part is like a three on average we need to work on that maybe it is the pay scale maybe it is you know benefits maybe it is work environment or materials or equipment or gear or whatever so by doing that, it's it's a great way, especially with larger teams. Now, if you have smaller teams, you can just pull them aside and ask them, of course. But you know, it's not always the case. But I like the I like that idea of constantly having your thumb on the pulse of your team, not just kind of assuming. Because as as owners, there are blind spots, and we want to make sure that we don't get smacked in the face with it. You know what I mean? So I love that.
1: Yeah, we've had clients where you know that we set out to they they're like I have three positions, but they've got you know thirty people in the field. We get the honest employee audit back. We're like, no. You, you need to hire for six. There's there's going to be another two or three that are going to shake out before we can implement all these processes. I mean, it's just look at these, you know, look at some of these. You're scoring ones across the board. Like you've got some very, you know, unhappy team members that we, we can try. But let's let's bolster our hiring on the front end here, because I don't know that in a month we're going to be able to correct, you know, five or six or seven years of of pent up unhappiness, uh, especially when they're getting called by recruiters. And, you know, they could have a job if they left your job site today, they could have a new job before they get home. Yeah. So Especially it's really powerful. Market. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people
0: are struggling to find good people, but, uh, Matthew, I could talk to you all day long about this. I love your energy. I love your focus. I love how you see things differently and you're willing to try different things and, and make it work and you won't stop until you figure it out. I love that in you. So tell us a little bit more. I know you have a consulting side. Tell us a little bit more. If all this sounds good to the listeners and they want to reach out and, and possibly work with you or work and somehow with you, like, what do you offer? How can you help them get to their goals faster?
1: Yeah. So it's it's really two things. So the contractor consultants is, is all about helping contractors specifically in the hiring space right now. And so we have the contractor hiring course. We're fortunate enough to partner with ZipRecruiter and Indeed on that. Um, and and that's been really great. What we found though, as that course uh, was widely received was that contractors, there's typically, I mean, the revenues change, but from five, 600,000 up to like a mil, mil and a half, they're like, look, we love the course. We love what you're doing but I just need you to, I like, I need something off my plate. I want to like, cut a check and I want it off my plate. And so we have a, uh, basically we have outsourced hiring. So what we do is we do all the heavy lifting to get you to where you just show up for final vetted, approved, confirmed interviews. That's it. Because that was the biggest nuisance in my business, right? It's like, I got to post job descriptions. I got to write the copy. I got to adjust budgets. I got to filter through candidates. They don't show up. I got to text them. I got to call them. Are you on your way? All this stuff. So we just, we, we built out an entire done for you where you just literally, it's like, boop, there's your calendar. Give us your windows. Oh, there's, you know, there's a new laborer. There's A new installer whatever you need showed up already pre-vetted by our team
0: so how does that work you know from say i'm I'm a, a contractor looking to hire and i'd love to just outsource that right to you guys and you just hand me vetted people that are ready to work in my area um how does that work what do you require from me in order to make that process go forward
1: so we, we build out all the assets from you so, or for you rather. So basically it's two parts. We got to build out like that recruiting card that we talked about. Mm-hmm. We need to optimize like your job descriptions, your career video. We got to build that out for you. We actually build that career video for you. Um, so we get you all these assets that you need to be super, super attractive in the marketplace. Yeah. What are those yeah. gaps that you're going to leverage? Like we talked about earlier, and then we handle all that for you. And there's, you know, obviously there's financial commitment, but other than that, um, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're getting a report each week. There's how so many candidates we've this There's how so many people we talked to, you're getting those final approved vetted interviews. Um, and you're rocking and rolling at that
0: point. I love that dude. I love that you offboard that because I know that was a, it's a major thing. And, you know, as, as owners, we just want to run a company and sometimes this in and out of employees is a pain in the ass, right? So it's, uh, it'd be nice to have someone managing that. I know I've hired headhunters in the past and be like, hey, they don't get paid until they produce and all these kinds of things. But sometimes they just never produced and it was a lot of time wasted. And, you know, it's it's a it's a crazy market there. But I love how you do that and how you create the assets with them, because these assets, even the career video is something that's not just for this use. Right. You can use this in a lot of different ways. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's a great marketing piece as well. So, Matt, how can people find you? How can they engage? How can they look into what you do if they're interested in what uh, what we've talked about?
1: Yeah. The website. So the contractor consultants.com, or you can email me. I mean, we, I love this stuff. So I could talk about this forever. Um, yeah. and anybody we can help, um, you know, we can even get you a coaching call with the team, like whatever. Genuinely our mission is to help contractors. Cause I suffered from this and it's, the worst thing in the world i mean we're all suffering from it it's uh the recent stat there's two big numbers that that keep me up at night one is american society of general contractors says 80% of contractors right now are struggling to find skilled workers i think it's probably higher than that but that's that's their stat and right now there's 2 million middle skilled construction jobs in america that are unfilled And that number is going to continue to grow up. So I think it's going to be, it's like the way I look at it is like in the jungle, when, when food supply gets scarce, everybody gets more aggressive and it's like harder and harder and harder to get. And I think we're, we're heading towards that. And it's both scary and exciting because the companies that adopt a new way and get ahead of this um, are in a good spot. And I don't think the big companies want us smaller companies to know about this. I think that they're keeping this You know, they're keeping this tucked away. The ones that have, you know, 200, 500 employees, they don't want this information getting out.
0: Not anymore. You're going to solve that problem, right? And, And, you know, you look at it, I don't think and I don't know if you agree with me and I think the listeners may or may not but you know I don't see the youth I don't see the next generation being like I can't wait to go out and work really hard and sweat and break my back to make money. I think most of them my hunches they'd rather be YouTube stars and sit in an air conditioned space and just goof around and make tons of money. So the the philosophy of around the trades is changing. It has changed and it will continue to change and I don't think it's it's helping situation to those unmet jobs as you mentioned before so now there's gonna be even a bigger gap as we go so if you're in construction now and you think it's tough to hire imagine 10 years from now when only half of the people now that want to work want to work and there's still more and more humans being born you know what i mean so it's it's gonna be one hell of a gap there for sure so it's a matter of how are you attracting how, who's on your team you know i read a book a long time ago called uh, who not how so how do you hand off hats how do you hand off roles and if you're staying up at night thinking about how the hell you're going to find new people to employ so that you can build these projects that you've sold maybe you should think about handing that off and let somebody like matthew or somebody in this field do this and then you can go back to being you and running a company and let that other part to somebody else so just a thought take it as you will but you have any last um you mentioned an email address. Did you mention your email?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so MD, so my first initial, last initial, so MD at consultants.com You can shoot me an email if you guys have any questions or any resources we can give you. I mean, we'll give you the career video example, anything we can do to help on this journey. I think we're all we're all in this together. And, uh, you know, like you said, Josh, it's not going to get any easier. So you know, we, I'm just, my big thing is like, take action. Like really I'm trying, I'm the one, I'm the crazy one sounding the alarm right now being like, this is a big problem and it's only going to get worse. Like we have to get ahead of this. And the nice yeah. thing is, is my team, for example, to, and to give you the, the exciting part, my team gets recruiting calls. I would say on average, I'm in Los Angeles. So we're pretty, pretty competitive market. I would say once a week, once every, every other week, they're getting headhunter calls. Funny enough, they'll put it on speakerphone if they're with me. If I'm going to a job site <laughs> meeting with them, they'll put it on speakerphone. Yeah, but we have this role; it's five dollars an hour more. They're like, you couldn't, you, you'd have to drag me out of here. And they laugh and they hang up. That's what's possible, truly. I mean, I've seen it and experienced yeah. Yeah. it, and 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 that's what we all need to be aiming for because it's if there's weak culture. I mean, we've seen it. I've taken twenty year people, thirty year people from companies and brought them into our organization. Like nobody's immune from what's about to happen, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And you keep mentioning what's about to happen. Could you give us a little idea of what's in your mind's eye?
1: I just think, I think w- what there's, there's far too much money to be made in this industry. And, and I think, you know, what we've seen as a, in 2020 with some of the health stuff really pointed the the light on this industry. There's so much money to be made and so much opportunity, but at the end of the day, it used to be simply put, it used to be that if you controlled the work, you can, contro- you were in control. The general contractors when I was young, right my dad would, would, we would work for a general. And he's like, look, man, I got the work. I got 10 guys that could do this. You got to sharpen your pencil. Now it's who controls the workers. Right. And I call them employees, but it just sounds better work to workers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's who controls that because I even look at, I do a lot of work for private equity firms. So they own, uh, you know, massive real estate portfolios and my company does, or, you know, my construction company will do work for them. And they're gobbling up small and medium-sized businesses for no other reason than their team. They're like, I'm not going to go out and try and find and hire. So if you want to build an asset, I, I think gone are the days of the truck's the work, you know, the work in progress, or you know, your whip, your work on hand, whatever you call that. Like the the value is in your team, and that's what that's what I was talking to a really big manager of a fund, and he's like, yeah, we want to see the org chart, and we run background checks, and if all these people are valuable, he's like, we don't care about your brand, we don't care what you're doing for revenue, we don't care about any of that. We're buying companies for people, and I'm like, really. And he's like, yeah. And in the, you know, high seven figures, eight figures, they're making people plays. And I'm like, so the gold in all areas, if you want to do more work, if you want to have an asset that's sellable, if you want to have something that, you know, works without you growing, the team is the answer to all of that. Like right now, my team, you know, there I have nine crews. They're out right now. I'm here. I'm not bragging. But that's what's possible when you invest in hiring. And I mean, this. I was yeah. the furthest thing from this five, six years ago. You know, 2018, yeah. I was working 100 hours a week. I had a baby on the way. It was miserable. But that's what can happen if you focus on this one thing. I think it's the biggest lever to pull in business. I genuinely believe that.
0: I love that, dude. I love and that. I think you're spot on. I would 100% agree with you on that one. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to hire people. It's the next one to hold them right? And keep growing humans. I don't believe that they're there for money. I don't think they're trading time for money. I think they're there to have it, to to get involved with a vehicle, the business that'll take them into all the dreams they ever wanted to achieve. And if you can do that through your business, dude, then no one's going anywhere. They're going to come in. They're going to stay with you. If you have their best interests in mind and you can help them grow as humans and, and invest in personal growth and all that kind of thing through the business. I mean, you are it's a gold mine. Who would want to leave that? You mentioned massages, you know, we send uh, our team, we we send them to like Tony Robbins. We send them to different uh, events that'll help them grow as humans. It's not just about trading time for money. That's the old mentality. Nobody wants that anymore. What they want is a company that actually cares about them becoming the best versions of themselves. And if that can be you, gold. No one's going to go anywhere, and if they do, they probably shouldn't be there anyway. So, man, it's, it's, it's so nice. Such a breath of fresh air, Matt and you, what you're doing over there. I can't believe, um, you know, not everybody's involved with it. So guys out there, you know, listening, uh, first of all, Matt, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up?
1: No, just thank you for having me and focus on hiring. You know, don't ignore this. Don't do what I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So guys reach out to Matt. He's got a great, uh, great program over there. He's going to help you with one of your biggest challenges is hiring and holding, uh, you know, employees and team members and building that dream team. I'm very blessed here at Master I Plan to have a dream team in place, you know, and it's it's through the culture, it's through the the give back, it's through the growth that is all of that. But hiring the right people first is the important part. And if you have somebody like him on your team, professional that's done this a million times, it's, uh, you know, it's just something to be said to have that who in your pocket and not trying to figure out how you're going to do it. So guys, thanks for listening again. Matthew, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you next week.